this moving away from comfort zone and security, this stepping away into the unknown, uncharted and shaky, that's called liberation, Pema Chodron. What I love about the above quote by this wise Western woman meditation teacher is that it captures the timeless universal application of spiritual awakening and follows a path of conscious evolutionary living. How timely this quote is in the here and now in this reform school known as Earth. We are now officially in the early stages of a new Aquarian age and paradigm, paradigm of Aquarius. Regardless of your orientation, it's impossible now not to feel it on some level. Some more than others are really embracing it. Many are clinging to the old world, old ways, and wishing things would just go back to normal. But what does normal really mean? The truth is, there is no going back, as striving as living life in the rearview mirror prevents you from living in the present moment. Life is transient and change is inevitable. Nature reveals itself, reveals the changing tides through the reflections of the season. Consider how art imitates reality. Do you remember the classic old cartoon Looney Tunes? As violent as a TV show as this was, it was easier for a parent to explain to their child that a cartoon character that was blown to smithereens and then magically came back to life wasn't real because it was just a cartoon. As such, it was easier for a child to make this connection. Besides, unlike today, the repeated exposure to shows like these was limited, even if an adult wasn't around to set the limit or offer any supervisory guidance. But TV, movies, and video games are so realistic nowadays, not to mention readily accessible at the convenience of your fingertips. Given the pandemic of fake news out there, you all know how challenging it is to discern between fact and fiction. It's a sign of the times that we all need to do the work to find our own pillars of truth with love. Are you going to pay purposeful attention to your fears and negative self-talk, or are you going to be mindful of the truth that is in alignment with love? For assistance in making the quantum leap from old thought forms into new ones, consider meditating on the image and mantra below that you can check out on my blog. Accordingly, Sacred geometrical Arcturian positive self-talk asserts that the energy of contact allows you to feel that all doors to your inner source will open when you surrender and like water go with the flow. Let your strength lead you and you will find your own way. For example, building an everyday positive self-talk strategy is a good concrete replacement for negative self-talk like worry. When your worry is targeted towards someone you're concerned about or even for the general plight of the planet, humanity, or endangered species, simply call on these guides or allies in the spirit realm for help. Part of surrender, a leap of faith, and trust is to have an attitude of acceptance of physical and non-physical realities and intuitively know they are interacting with one another. Specifically, Arcturians, Archangels, and nature spirits can all be seen as helping guides, spirits, or allies in consciousness. From a shamanic perspective, this is somewhat conservative, traditional, and foundational approach to spiritual evolutionary well-being because it's been a time-tested tr tradition for over 100 years, 100,000 years and running. Of course, in conventional establishment terms, this would be considered far out. But if you are open to it, all you have to do is be receptive to the benign healing energies of the myriad of teachers in the spirit realm that are ready to assist you as needed. If you think of an invisible umbilical cord attached to your crown chakra that is connected to Father Sky, Heaven, or the cosmos, this can be an effective walking meditation to just add to your multidimensional tool belt. 
refer to the chakra chart by scrolling further down in this blog entry for your pictorial context. But what does it mean to be a multidimensional being? It just means that we recognize that there's a physical reality as well as non-physical realities. The most simple way I can understand this is to picture a triangle consisting of a mind-body-spirit with a circle or another triangle in the center that represents our soul. It appears to be a fact of life that the body eventually dies and the mind eventually does too. But there is a growing body of metaphysical and scientific evidence that asserts that our spirits and souls live on. While we are living in this form, our soul can travel. For most of us, this experience happens when we are dreaming. For many, this understanding doesn't happen until you are dying and get ready to leave this earth and return to source. But it can also happen during various forms of visualization meditation practices. Here on the ground and as a social worker in public schools, I get into more conversations with students and adults that are inspired to develop their spirituality and are bringing up their queried stories to my attention on their own volition for further exploration. Indeed, the veils between the physical realm and spirit realm are thinning more now than they have been historically. It has been challenging to discern, discern what is spirit or what is physical, just like it is harder to differentiate between fantasy and reality these days, given the advancement in technology and fluidity of personal boundaries and our connections with each other. For example, one student I work with told me that she connects with her brother who lives in a faraway state through astral projection and then asked me if I knew what that was. I reassured her that I did and that some people are oriented in such a way that their soul can travel, but that all people can develop this skill through various forms of meditation. Of course, we all do this when we dream. Another student told me that she has experiences where she sees and hears a beloved cat that died recently. Her animal dream consists of vibrant animal heaven state of consciousness with clouds, mountaintops, trees, and rainbows. In dreams like these, the, the animal friends related that they had crossed over and communicated that they are living and well in an alternate reality where their spirits were living harmoniously. When students bring these issues up, we always process the mixed feelings that coexist in the sense that there is enjoyment in reconnecting with a loved one that is physically gone, but that the spiritual connections can be a bit spooky, uncomfortable, difficult to sort through. Part of our human experience includes sitting with a tension of opposites that naturally includes entanglements with our attachments. More importantly, people like me tend to find it helpful to have these experiences normalized. Moreover, folks typically feel empowered to learn about the common language that operationalizes their spiritual experiences, like clairsentience and clairaudience or psychic abilities that perceive spirit. Part of the developing good social skills in, is to know your audience and recognize who is safe to share this information with and who isn't. Working on boundaries is part of learning how to be human, which of course is a life cycle process. It's nice that kids can feel safe to talk with a trusted adult about such things. When we all get what we need from the ground up, we're more likely to give back from the top down. This is how we heal the illusion of polarity consciousness that we see playing out on the fields of life. Additionally, many people that work in mental health are expanding their own perceptions of reality through their personal growth. As helpers, it is dangerous to people when we don't. While it's easy to stay in our own boxes and hide behind their judgments, that leaves us susceptible to our own projections onto others, which can be damaging to relationships. Humans have been good at projecting our own experiences with reality onto others, while at the same time assuming that our own projections are absolute gospel. 
While they might be true on some level, clinging to these prejudices are problematic because they are blocking fluid, making fluid connections with each other, which is especially harmful when a helping professional does that. It is critical to meet people where they're at because we all have our humanity that can be challenging for both support staff and teachers working in schools these days. But that is exactly what we're being asked to do. Meeting someone where they're at does not mean that we condone their unwanted behavior like work avoidance, learned helplessness, victimhood, or not working to their full potential. It just means that you have empathy for what the person you are concerned about is capable of in this moment in time. And while your student or child might be being manipulative, they probably aren't doing it on purpose or trying to ruin your day. But if they are, learning how to manipulate the environment is part of adolescent development. How many of us adults are still working out our own dharmic karma in this area? Specifically, it's like a kid who tries to come out to their caregiver that they identified as LGBTQ and the adult responds in a way that is shaming, dismissive, or generally non-supportive. Regardless of age, if this is how the person sees themselves, it is hard to go wrong with a position of empathy and curiosity. For example, the parent could say, wow, I see this look, took a lot of courage for you to share this information with me. How do you feel about that? Sadly, but understandably, many adults struggle, hide behind their own judgments, and then might proceed to project their own beliefs onto the child. While some parents wax on about a pro-LGBTQ identity, others do the opposite by citing religious convictions and perhaps sending the child to a conversion therapy, which is thankfully illegal in Maine. The point is, try to be present with your child and keep a healthy conversation alive. Do you value raising a good whole person or a sexual identity that conforms to your expectations based on your own conditioning? Do you value allowing your child to be who they are or who you want them to be? Mixed messages, while a fact of life, are challenging to discern and navigate through. Check out this short youth empowerment civil rights oriented film about celebrating a pride event in a small town in Nova Scotia. You can access that on my blog. Inspired by May being Mental Health Month, I remember a really good psychiatrist co-worker who once pointed out in a mental health training that people affected by schizophrenia see things that normal people don't, but it only becomes a problem when it drives the person crazy in a way that is characterized as ego dystonic. There's also say, a saying that you have to get sick of being sick before you can heal and no liberation. Mother taught me about, experience, about experiences with depression that were so severe she encountered psychotic episodes. I believe mother suicided to avoid going down that dark rabbit hole again instead of confronting her inner demons that haunted her. She had built up more, had she built up more resi resilience, I feel that she could have stayed alive longer without torturing herself. Mother is now part of my spiritual light team, and I can access her spirit whenever I ask her for support. Given the above nuance, what is really often going on here is that the concerned adult doesn't like the mirror being held up in their face, and that can be a tough cracker to look at. That's what happened in the early 60s when many people were having spiritual awakenings like Harvard psychology professors Timothy Leary and Ram Dass before he was Ram Dass. To their credit, academics like them were trying to go beyond rat psychology and understand consciousness. In this process of discovery, they humbly realized that they were out of the woods in their understanding about the nature of reality. Many people took LSD and other psychoactive drugs to expand their minds and were thought to have lost their minds. Of course, plenty did. But they were having spiritual awakenings by opening their doors of perception. People started waking up to the portals into multidimensional reality 
beyond a conventional worldview. Like author Joseph Campbell accurately understood, the difference between the mystic and the psychological crack-up is that the mystic swims in the water that the crack-up drowns in. It's all about context and how expansive your worldview is with the ability to pull back and stay grounded in this reality. Furthermore, the mindful moment referenced above is an empowering strategy to feel connected to the present moment and a simple way to co-create heaven on earth one step and one breath at a time. All you are really doing, or being rather, is keeping your power rather than giving it away to some external force. You have superpowers, but without the need to be identified with a superhero or savior complex. We are living in an age when we need to let go of our need to swoop in to rescue and save others. Everyone has equal access to their spiritual light team, if they so choose. That being said, it does take both the intention and a commitment to it. The more you play around with your daily practice, the more your daily practice plays around with you. Funny the way that can turn into another form of mindfulness in your everyday doings. All you have to do is look at these beings as teachers in the spirit realm by seeing them as silent mentors that we can link up with, like in a Zoom conversation. And if you're feeling unsure, all you have to do is ask, are you my teacher? It's your call who you let in, and you will know by how you feel. The easiest way to open the doors of, to this perceptual experience is through your third eye, as indicated in the chakra chart below. As you can see, the chakra, this chakra is typically associated with a dark blue or indigo color. This is the realm of intuition, forethought, and visualization. There are many ways to develop this chakra. One simple strategy is to rub this area with your fingers side to side or in a circular motion, or you can mindfully eat ideally healthy foods of this color while chewing on how you're feeling, feeding your energy, if you'll pardon the pun. For example, the next time you eat a banana, think about nourishing your solar plexus chakra and grounding your self-esteem. You can also relax your gaze by slightly blurring your vision without crossing your eyes as a way to play with your perception. These can be fun yet practical ways to integrate what I like to call a walking meditation in your everyday doings. Besides, it's harder to react to someone else's facial expressions when you relax your gaze in this way. Daily chakra meditation audio resource you can click on if you check out my blog. Finally, when we talk about diversity within unity, the unity piece involves acknowledging our universal connection with one another, which allows us to feel less alone in the world. Nobody likes feeling lonely, not even hermits. Besides, as romantic as being a hermit might sound, they typically struggle with their own insecurities like the rest of us, and probably just have a harder time learning how to be human than your average bear. The diversity piece honors our different expressions and form, as well as the unique blueprint of our souls. A shy person should not be seen as lesser than a social butterfly or vice versa. Besides, we all have both of these personality characteristics within our being. Some of the most family-oriented, conscientious, kind, and caring people I know aren't necessarily the warm and fuzzy types and can even come across as curt and rude towards others. We all have our unique blueprints and personality characteristics. Just imagine how boring our world would be if we were all nanotechnological program cyborgs going around in a singular monochromatic lockstep with each other, like in the film The Stepford Wives. Take care of yourselves, everyone. Ari.